friends and welcome back to the Unbreakable You podcast. I am so excited to dive into today's episode with Salona Carlisle. So Salona is a feminine embodiment coach and in today's episode we are going to be talking about three main topics which are pleasure, sensuality, and sexuality. So this is actually a very different conversation than I've ever really had on the show so far. So I am really excited to share this episode with you. Salona and I talk about how pleasure, sensuality, and sexuality are actually three things that we tend to deprive ourselves of, especially if we have had an eating disorder in the past or if you have an active eating disorder. And I know that the majority of the women listening to my podcast either do have experience with an eating disorder or disordered eating or are actively going through recovery for an eating disorder. So I'm really excited for you to learn more about pleasure, sensuality, and sexuality, and how you can begin to change your relationship with these three aspects of life and how you can embody them in your own life without relying on external factors actually. And that's something that I personally teach a lot about is providing yourself with what you need without relying on other people or anything outside of yourself. When I made that change in my life years ago, it was like 10 years ago, I started this self-love journey that I really didn't know was a self-love journey at that time and it led me to where I am today and part of that journey was me really realizing that I had been constantly going outside of myself for things to feel a certain way or just relying on so many external factors. Um, Even when it came to how I ate, I was always so concerned about what someone else thought or their opinion or their advice for me and I really forgot to turn within myself. I really didn't even know how to turn within myself and gather those answers for myself. So now as a coach for women who are wanting full recovery and who are wanting a loving relationship with themselves, with their mind, and with their emotions, I guide you through this exact journey inside my private coaching program called Back Home to You. I actually started working with five new clients all at the same time last week. So last week was a definitely heavier workload week for me with having five new client calls throughout the week, but it was the best week ever because I love my clients so much, but I also love guiding them through this journey that I know has worked for me and that has been supporting my clients since I launched this private coaching program back in July. So if you are wanting more information about how to work with me or how I work with women, you can always go to megdoll.com slash back home to you just for all of the information about my coaching program. I also have had previous clients 
on this podcast before talking about their experience with me and what it was like for them to move through my Back Home to You coaching program. So as I mentioned, I have taken on many more new clients just within this past week, and I'm actually almost at full capacity for private coaching clients at the moment. And Back Home to You is the only way I'm accepting new clients right now. So I do have two spots left for private coaching clients. If you've been wanting to work with me, I definitely recommend just going to that website that I provided you with. It's also in the show notes, megdahl.com slash back home to you. You can read all about how we can work together there, but there's also an option to schedule a free discovery call with me on that page. So if you're serious about working with me and you're wanting to share more about your story with me and just make sure that we're a good fit and that I could support you in the way that you're needing support, just go to that site. Like I said, it's in the show notes and schedule your discovery call with me. I would love to meet you. And I have two spots left. And after those two spots are filled, I'll be able to take more clients come the end of May or the beginning of June when my current clients wrap up their program. So I just wanted to share that with you because I've been talking a lot with my clients about coming home to themselves and how they truly do have everything they need within themselves and we no longer have to go outside of ourselves for what we used to go outside of ourselves for. And I would love to guide you on that journey if you're feeling like you need support in that area of your life. So in other news, I am really excited to dive into this episode with Salona today. If you are able to grab a piece of paper or your journal and a pen. Salona does provide us with some really great journal prompts and I think they would open up a lot of great um, personal reflection points for you. So definitely grab a pen and a piece of paper or your favorite journal to journal throughout this episode. Hey, Salona. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me today. Thank you, Meg. I have been looking forward to our conversation and um, for your audience to tune into us. Awesome. Yeah, you have a few different um, topics you like to talk about that are different than things that we've ever talked about on the show before, like conscious dating and sacred sexuality. So that really piqued my interest. So I would love to dive into those topics and allow the conversation to take us wherever it needs to go today for our listeners. But before we actually dive in, I would love for you to just introduce yourself to everyone um, if our listeners are meeting you for the first time today. Yeah, thank you. That sounds like a great plan for us. So essentially, I, I work with high achieving, ambitious women who live really busy lives, really full lives, and tend to get stuck up in their heads, kind of stuck in go mode, doing more and more, but feeling less and less fulfilled. And I help them get back into their bodies discover more presence and joy in their lives and reconnect with their pleasure and sensual aliveness. So they can let go of that chase and the hustle and really start to find a deeper sense of satisfaction and fulfillment where they are and consciously create a life that turns them on from the inside out and really 
it's really about that self-mastery of, you know, knowing they can feel good and come home to a life they feel really good in, no matter what the external conditions, no matter what the circumstance. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I'm just curious, you kind of painted us a picture of this woman who is go, 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 saying yes to all of the things, maybe doing all of the things outside of herself. And then she doesn't feel like more within herself, right? She kind of feels less and less, you said. And Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if you found yourself in that situation at one point in your life. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Surprise, surprise, right. Um, You know, there, there were some really, I don't know if I would say rock bottom moments, but really a couple, there were a couple of wake, like pivotal wake up calls for me. And I know that, um, you know, this will resonate because of your work and your background and your passion, but it was back when I, w- I, I grew up as a competitive ice dancer. And so from a very young age, the, the, like, basically i my world was kind of infused with a lot of discipline, a lot of regimentation, a lot of structure, a lot of control. And so my relationship with my body and my sensuality and my sexuality and pleasure was really, I was just really divorced from that. And I, um, as a way to cope with the stress of the performance and the competition and the training, I fell in, I fell into a bout of anorexia as a young teen. And that just had me really kind of vacate my body and vacate my life. And I found myself just kind of going through the motions, feeling like a zombie in my life and feeling how like this, the, the impact of the shame and the stress and the, um, the self-judgment and that just the hardship, I, the, the pressure I was putting on myself and my body, like the way I was objectifying my body to manipulate it, to perform this way and that way. And I just, I really hit a point where I, I just realized something would have, would have to change if I was going to avoid the grief of just not living my life, missing out on what life could be and what aliveness and pleasure and sensuality and juiciness I could experience as a young woman and as a woman. And so that was a big wake up call for me that really sent me on a quest to really discover for myself, like what was it that I needed and what is it that women need to really land in that place where they can find that source of juiciness and pleasure and wholeness and satisfaction and deliciousness from within and know that you know, and really integrate the, um, the level of empowerment and wholeness and connection with their desires so that they could have that no matter what and really own that no matter what the outer circumstances are. And so that we're no longer, so that they're no longer kind of trapped in that trance of, doing more and more and chasing more and more only which is only leaving them feeling more and more empty inside yes yes so something that you said you said that you divorced your pleasure sensuality your sexuality and right when you said that I was like oof like I feel like Basically, everyone listening to this episode right now is going to relate with that because I think the majority of my listeners have either dealt with anorexia or an eating disorder in the past. 
and also may have um, experienced hypothalamic amenorrhea. We talk tons about HA on this show and those like an eating disorder, not having your period really go hand in hand with not feeling comfortable with your sensuality or your sexuality and not feeling comfortable around experiencing pleasure, all of those things. And I thought it was just really interesting and beautiful that you said we tend to like divorce these aspects of ourselves or these feelings that we are worthy and deserving of feeling, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool because I just knew that, yes, um, so many women are going to relate to what you're about to share with us. So I want to talk more about those three words specifically. Can, you keep saying pleasure, sensuality, and sexuality. So can we dive deeper into those words? Because I feel like those of us who have experienced eating disorders in the past or are currently experiencing an eating disorder, disordered eating, um we those words might actually feel pretty like taboo for us right yeah so can we dive in do you want to start with pleasure first and like what (laughs) is that and when you say pleasure what are we talking about well you make you make so many good points meg and we could be on here for three hours because it's my they're my favorite topics and there's so much like you said just the just naming them and being on the receiving end of those words can be very triggering for a lot of women. And the reason I think, well, initially, I think they're, they're, it, it can feel kind of jarring, especially to the nervous system, to the body, to our, to our energy system, especially if you do have a history of an eating disorder of really objectifying your body, of controlling your body, of manipulating your body, of depriving your body. And, and, or if you have a history of some kind, which most women do on some level, a history of, of trauma around their body, their femininity, their sexuality, that can be, you know, full blown abuse or violation or it can be just a dysfunctional, damaging, damaging encounters where we did not honor our body and we didn't listen to our own yeses and our own no's. So, so we all carry as women, we all carry some level of micro or macro traumas in our systems and our bodies. And so the idea, so when we kind of see that idea of pleasure, there's almost this, um, and I think as a society, we've tended to, I mean, it's, it's, it's loose, that boundary is becoming more fluid now, but we tend to associate when we hear pleasure, we associate that with our sexuality. We associate that with the bedroom. We associate that with having sex. And it's not, <clears throat> or we associate it with something frivolous or indulgent or out of control. But I think a lot of it, so I think the first step and bring me back on track to where where you wanna go because I can go so many different directions. But I think the first step in, in terms of the pleasure piece is to even become more receptive and available and curious is to kind of dissolve that immediate association between pleasure and sexuality because that will help kind of loosen the shame that's associated with it and the fear that's associated with it because as a woman who as a as a woman who's had an eating disorder and where control and deprivation is the norm pleasure can feel very scary it can feel very threatening to us because that was like a no. Um, and then same, if there's been shame or trauma or, or pain in the sexual realm, pleasure can feel scary and threatening. So 
I think you said pleasure. So it's, it's really about like befriending pleasure all over again is a, is a big first step. It's almost like a return to that innocence and even that erotic innocence of just redefining pleasure in a way that we can assimilate in a way that feels safe in a way that we can give ourselves permission to lean into and to let ourselves have and let ourselves enjoy. Um, I'll pause and I can keep going, but I, I want to give let you kind of steer me where you want me to elaborate. Yeah, no, that was great. And I really love how you tied it back to why it might feel like not like kind of scary or something that kind of like explaining why we might be avoiding something like pleasure in the realm of a woman who has experienced an eating disorder. It makes so much sense, right? Like we deprived ourselves of things that did feel pleasurable, not even like sexually related things right but like food things um and even just life things we deprived ourselves of so many things so yeah pleasure would be something that is kind of like uh, I don't know how to navigate this so that's kind of where I want you to share with us okay so these ladies are listening to this episode for a reason, right? Um, words like pleasure, sensuality, sexuality are piquing their interest. So when someone wants to start surrendering um, or befriend, befriending pleasure, what are maybe like what's the, what would that actually look like? Yeah, that's like one example. Well, a lot of things, I mean, I think part, <clears throat> one st- there are multiple steps. So let me try to break it down into some bite-sized chunks. So it's first really in, like when I say befriending pleasure, it's first almost giving ourselves that permission all over again to discover what is authentic pleasure to ourselves, to myself. Because We've been told from society, from conditioning, what our pleasure is supposed to look like, what our sensuality and sexiness is supposed to look like, both in the bedroom and out of the bedroom. Um, and so we, we tend to have this imposition or this agenda. And so it's really just being in that curiosity and innocence of, okay, what what feels good to me if I were to just go on, start to go on that treasure hunt? Um, that's step one. And I would say another, and this is like, even before we begin that kind of leaning in process, I think it's really helpful to think about why pleasure is so important. Because if, as you know, from the coaching industry and the, the, therapeutic work of healing and transformation, if we don't have a strong enough why, we're probably not going to stick with it. We're going to, you know, as soon as we come up to our edge, um, we're going to, you know, bounce back to our old habits and ways of being. So I could go on a long list of all the scientific, the hormonal reasons, the emotional, psycho-spiritual reasons. But I think the one that I, that I love the most is the reason we want anything that we don't have now is because we believe that we will feel better in having it. That feeling better is a very general term, you know, whether it's I, I want a boyfriend because I'll feel more loved. I want more money because I'll feel more abundant. I want this bigger house because I think I'll feel more luxurious. I want this new car or this new outfit because I'll feel more beautiful or more. I want to go on that vacation so I can feel calm and peaceful. All of that falls under the category of feeling good, of feeling pleasure, 
of yumminess, of deliciousness on some level that we, and so if we're not available, so there's a way in which we, in order to have what we desire, it means we have to let ourselves feel good, feel better, like that receiving what we desire implicitly implies that we have to expand our capacity for goodness. And so take sex off the table, take, you know, self-pleasure or intercourse off the table. It's just on, on, on the most general level, think of that frequency of pleasure as the same frequency as whatever's on the other side of your desire. Like all your desires live in that frequency of pleasure. And so to the degree that you give yourself permission to feel good in your life now is the degree to which you are becoming more available to receive your desires. So if that's not enough of a motivation for someone, I don't know what is, but that's like the that's like the top uppermost layer that I'm sharing that kind of dynamic because for some that might be the only way in they need. Um, and there's so much range that you can just work on there. So let me try to, so it would really just be, you know, noticing wow, where am I, where do I short circuit my pleasure in general? Where do I deflect goodness? Where do I kind of shut myself down or turn myself off or say no to what I want or to something that feels good? Or, or where do I, where am I having a really yummy moment that feels delicious and I'm just, already on my way somewhere else. I'm rushing past it. You know, whether it's that, and when we're, we're talking every day, I mean, this could be in or out of the bedroom actually, to be honest, but it's, it's just like slowing down enough to recognize those habits first of where am I skipping over the pleasures that are already available to me right in my life, right in my day, right in this moment, right in my body. So I, especially with my clients, you know, my approach is really less is more because it's not about, you know, we, a lot of this, um, this kind of this epidemic of pleasure deprivation, let's say, or this trance of sleepwalking that woman can get caught in of being numbed out, you know, low grade dullness, kind of shut down, cut off. I just lost what I was going to say. Let me um, try to get it back is right. So from that place of kind of numbness and deprivation, the impulse is do more, add more, bigger, better, like bigger, better orgasms, bigger, better vibrators, more food, more shopping, more clothes. Like it's that consumption. It's that, I, it's that adding on to feel it's all in this very innocent desire to just feel more. Whereas, so my approach of less is more, it's like actually how much can you slow down and how much can you feel what is already here? Like, what have you been moving too fast, too busy to feel or to notice in your body, in your space, in your life, in this moment, like, so even as you're listening to me or as the um, listeners are listening, it's to just, can you feel there's, what pleasure are you open to feeling right now in your body without anything needing to change? Can you go there? 
and be even more present to that. It might be in your sex. It might be in your heart. It might be just that something released in your neck or your shoulders. It might be just feeling, you know, the sensuality of your mouth and your lips and your tongue. It might just be that release. Can you just relax your lips and feel the, the fullness and the gorgeousness of your feminine lips? And then notice where that ripples to in another place in your body. And there's just a whole world of ecstasy that is always living just underneath the surface of the armoring that we have become so accustomed to that that's kind of our norm, but it's not our norm. Our, you know, our natural state is actually very orgasmic and very sensual and very erotic, but it's hidden underneath all these layers of the armoring and the stress and the shame and the trauma and the fear and the shutdown and the clenching. So I could, I, I've gone on so many tangents since your last question. I wanted to check in with you. Yeah, I was actually just going to say, I love everything that you shared, but I think that there were some really great journal prompts within what you just said. So. I really encourage everyone to kind of rewind, grab a pen and paper, and write down those journal prompts that you offered them about their own pleasure. I loved that so much. So I think there will be a lot of aha moments around that. So thank you so much for that. That was wonderful. Um I and really I could just it. add, yeah. like, because you said pleasure, uh, pleasure prompts, I was going to say journal prompts, but even pleasure prompts, I'll, I'll add two more for those who are going to take your, your guidance on that, which I think would be fabulous, but it's to kind of finish that line of thinking. It's, um, yeah, to reflect on, yeah, like, what pleasure are you open to receiving right now. And like, we already kind of did that kind of mini practice, but it's, and really getting clear on what stops you, what gets in the way of you letting yourself feel good, letting yourself receive pleasure, even in the simplest, safest ways. And maybe check in if like really this is where the deeper work is, but it's like, what do you need? What would you need to feel safer to let more, to really expand your pleasure capacity? And that's, you know, that's between you and you. And that's where working with a coach is really kind of essential because yeah, you can do this on your own and um, you're still going to be working with the same mindset and so that takes me to the final like journal prompt is, is if you could, if you could kind of dream, start to dream. So these are, these are all kind of, we're really working. I'm right now in our conversation, I'm really working at the outermost layer of say the wheel. And then there are the spokes, you know, that go deeper and deeper to really excavate this. But to really flip it around, to, to sort of dream into, envision into, wow, what is that version of me who is just so like juicy and radiant and, and full of pleasure and just full of aliveness and sensuality and who's really comfortable in her skin and in her sex and in her um, sexiness and magnetism and start to dream into almost like that alter ego what so that you can start to kind of build energy around this new identity in a way and this new possibility as an inspiration and kind of it'll help you kind of see wow what it's costing you to stay where you are what it's costing you to be divorced from those elements that of yourself 
your, the, your pleasure, your sexuality, your sensuality. Amazing. I love that you accidentally kind of accidentally said pleasure prompts. I love that. (laughs) I think you can go somewhere with that. Um, Okay, so I want to make sure that we dive into the other two words because, yeah, they're really important too. So can we move into sensuality and start talking about that, exploring that and what that actually means looks like feels like yeah I mean we've I've already kind of touched on that I think talking about pleasure so tell me where you know where you want me to deepen into but but that would be another important point is I think again just like with pleasure we often as a culture us often automatically we go our brains take us right into the bedroom right into our sexuality same thing with sensuality it can be feel edgy. It can feel taboo. Um, it can bring up shame. It can kind of, there can be a contraction around it because it's automatically associated with our sexuality. It can, you know, with, with lovemaking, with the bedroom and sensuality. And so then it, it, then it becomes loaded with all the overhead of where that might not be a domain that we feel super empowered and safe and comfortable um, depending on our history or our conditioning. So that's a beautiful first step is to dissociate sensuality from sexuality, at least first, even though they, they are extremely complementary. But it's just realizing sensuality is just having being in relationship with, with life through your five senses. Like if we really reduce it to that level, there's nothing threatening about that. And there's something, and there's something deeply nourishing when you can just, again, come back into your bodies, like slow down enough inside, come back into your body enough to actually feel how life is arising in you in the moment, how life is moving through you basically how you're interfacing with life and actually can you derive can you set the intention to open yourself to derive more pleasure from the simplest of moments through any one of your any one of or all five of your senses Mm, okay that makes a lot of sense yeah when you were talking about pleasure it sounded like okay, really connecting with that frequency that would allow us to feel that feeling within us, right? And so I wanted to know kind of the difference between pleasure and sensuality. And it sounds like sensuality is more really tapping into those senses that we have, and we can also experience pleasure by doing that. Yeah, Exactly. They're super complimentary. Um, but you're right. Like pleasure can also be like that frequency. It's like the mindset piece. It's it, there's also, it can be that, um, there's a whole nother dimension to that too. That's, um, you know, it's like your vibration, you know, what's what's like, what are your, you know, it's like every thought you think creates a chemical reaction in the body. So thinking a pleasure-based thought, you know, something based in love or abundance or possibility is going to have a different chemical reaction than thinking a thought that is not pleasure-inducing, that's based in fear or lack or self-judgment. And so that's also an important piece of pleasure. It's, It's to notice, wow, what are the thoughts I tend to think most often? And and taking back your power to choose pleasure-based thoughts or pleasure-inducing thoughts. Yeah, lots of good stuff um, so far. So can we move into sexuality? I feel like out of the three words, pleasure, sensuality, sexuality, this is probably the one that we're most familiar with, but... Throughout this episode, I mean, we are 
over 30 minutes in and we have not spoken about experiencing pleasure with someone else or feeling sensual with someone else and I really love that it really all has to do with us and how we feel within our bodies and we can feel these emotions just by being with ourselves which I think is so important um and I really love that we're taking this approach so can we just carry on and make sure we talk about the sexuality aspect of what you do. Yeah. What, what specifically, cause I could go so many different directions. There is there a specific direction of like, go wherever you want to go. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, for me, a lot, a lot of my work is about helping women. It's really about their, their own personal sexual reclamation. And a lot of, you know, a lot of women wait to, you know, they wait to feel sensual. They wait to feel beautiful. They wait to feel alive and sexy until they're with a partner. Like we can tend to outsource that onto a partner, a man, husband, boyfriend, um, or any, you know, any sex partner. We kind of pin our desirability and our sexuality you know, waiting for them to give us those qualities, waiting for them to kind of activate that in us. And so our, our relationship with our sexuality as a woman, it's very externally focused. And so we can very easily lose touch with, in the same way we talked about pleasure and sensuality, it's, um, it's a way that like, someone else has the power. We're waiting for someone to do something to us so that we feel the way we want to feel. So the more connected a woman is to her body and her sexuality, the more intuitive and empowered she is. And so having like a regular practice, like like sexual self-care, sexual like self-pleasure solo practicing this is what helps remind a woman of her own beauty her own magnetism her own radiance which connects her to a level of confidence and worthiness and attractiveness from that comes not from the male gaze or not from being sexualized but from feeling settled and integrated in herself and her body. And, you know, until, until a woman is able to kind of walk this path of reclaiming her sexual wholeness, she'll always feel that a part of her is missing because it is an essential part of us. And so, there's just a beautiful, a whole world of um, turning all of that attention inwards to really become like her own best lover and really meet herself and meet her body and awaken her erotic aliveness in the way that she's been waiting for or postponing or depending on something outside of her to do. Um, you know, my background is in the, um, the spiritual path of Tantra, which I know, I know we don't have time to go there all into the, the historical background of my, you know, my coming in, into that myself, but that was a huge part of what helped me kind of re begin my sexual reclamation. I discovered Tantra back when I was 18. And it's, you know, it's a path of awakening and liberation and discovering the sacredness in all of life. It's really about the recognition of oneself as a single manifestation of the divine, of the, the entire universe. And what's unique about the tantric path, now when most people hear about tantra these days, the westernized, modernized version of it, 
it's going to be more neo-tantra, which is the, it translates as new tantra or the modern version of tantra, which is more heavy on the sacred sexuality, on the body, on um, using our sexual energy to fast track our awakening and our enlightenment. Whereas classical Tantra was actually much more about um, specific rituals and practices and, you know, Kriyas and, you know, the yogic postures and meditations and devotional worship and, you know, scriptures and the sexual practices were just a small sliver. Um, but because as a, um, you know, the Western world has taken that and blown it up as all of Tantra. Um, but what's unique about Tantra as a spiritual path is that it, it doesn't, it sees everything as sacred including our sexuality, including it, including our life force energy and saw it as a doorway to the transcendent once we learn how to harness it consciously. And so I could say a lot more, but um, it's, yeah, it's just one of those rare spiritual paths that doesn't leave sexuality out but teaches that it can be a door to personal illumination and liberation. If someone has a background of so much shame and shut down and divorced from, from this essential aspect of themselves, um, the tantric path really can give one permission to be like, oh, that, that's not dirty, that's not shameful, that is sacred and that is you know, that is part of who I am and our sexuality and our sensuality and our orgasmic energy and our erotic energy is simply pure creative energy that can be, I mean, they, they really, the practitioners of Tantra really saw sex and orgasm as a doorway to God and to our own divinity. But again, it's really important to know for all of you listening that there's there that there are multiple paths of tantra, and I don't I I want to make sure people educate themselves that there is classical tantra, and there are so many practices that have that have nothing to do with getting in the bed and having sex, and and then there's a whole more contemporary version that kind of extracted one small facet of that science and blew it up. And that's what most of the, what you'll find out there is more based in the neo-tantra and sacred sexuality that kind of took the best parts of classical tantra, but you know, it, it, can, it can be quite diluted. So just be mindful of what you're getting yourself into and all right. No, I really appreciate you sharing that. And um, it sounds like you're an incredible woman to work with um, if we want to explore and really befriend our pleasure and sensuality and sexuality. I absolutely love um, what we talked about today and everything that you offered us. Thank you so much. I hope everyone goes back to those pleasure prompts. I think that's incredible. Um, just it'll definitely have a lot of light bulbs going off for sure and give us a lot of kind of doorways to do some deeper healing within ourselves. So thank you so much for that. And um, I just have a couple more questions for you. So first, I ask all of my guests on the show what it means to you to be unbreakable. Mm hmm. Unbreakable. You know, I think it comes back to kind of what I said in the beginning. It's it's having that, and this is such a pillar of my work um, with women and with my own work, but it's having that, cultivating that self-mastery that um, no matter what's happening outside of you, that you have the capacity 
to master your inner state, to choose how you want to feel, to create the experience you want to have in any situation, no matter what. Yeah. So agree with that. And if anyone wants to learn more about how to work with you or just absorb more of your incredible content about these topics and more, because there were so many ways we could have taken and taken this conversation. So um, where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah. Thank you, Meg. Well, my website is my name. You, you'll put it in the show notes, I'm sure, but you can find my web, me at salonacarlisle.com and you'll find a, a free meditation download on there, which would be a beautiful place to start. Um, I'm also happy to share that would really go and ha- go um, be a great compliment to our conversation today. It's a four-part audio series called Excavating Pleasure, which I'm happy, it's not available publicly, um, but I'm happy to share that with your listeners if you want to post that in the show notes. So just for those of you listening, you can refer to that. It's called Excavating Pleasure. If for some reason you miss it, just send me an email. I'll, I'll hook you up. Um so that's two free gifts um, that'll get you really far on this path to what we talked about. And then you, best place where I'm most active, I mean, you can find me on uh, um, Instagram and Facebook, pretty much my name, Salona Carlisle. Yeah, and, we will have everything linked up for everyone. Okay, perfect. I'll send you all those hyperlinks. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Salona. This was absolutely amazing. And I loved diving into some new topics with you today. Wonderful. It's been a pleasure, Meg. Thank you.